0: Take off. Welcome once again, everybody, to Kings of the Heart, Kings of the Heart Podcast. My name is Tyreek Omari Walton, and we are on our special day when we bring in our third Miss Weena Collins for the Cypher of Three. Miss Weena, what is going on, lady?
1: Hey, hey, Tyreek. Glad to be back. You know, I love sitting on the throne once a month.
0: Oh, we like to have you here. You know, we love to have you here. Not even like we love to have you here. And thank you, sir. Usually I would be introducing my brother, my partner in crime, Dr. John Hart, but Dr. Hart isn't with us today. So we invited another third, a good friend of the Mm. show, a a compadre, a a, 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 a co-worker, um, a co-therapist, the sex therapist for the DMV. We call her Dr. Donna. Dr. Ar- Dr. Donna. Oh, yo, how you doing, sister?
2: I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me. It's been a while.
0: It's been a while. Dr. Donna was on our first season and, of course, knocked it out of the park. The sister is just full of knowledge, full of knowledge. And I know I turn to her when I have to refer my clients out for sex therapy. Um, she is a a phenomenon, just a phenomenon, just like my Wiener Cullens that's right two of my
1: favorites sorry I, I gotta bring this up what's up bruh you are sitting with two licensed female therapists you do not have your backup today what are you gonna
0: do oh i'm ready for you i'm ready for <laughs> you but you know All what right. hope the people are ready for you because i know you have a lot of whew, between the two of you you guys have a lot of experience and I want to bring the experience forward today as we discuss relationships, as we always do. But today, our topic is going to be about how is, <laughs> how is it that when people get together, they tend to just focus so solely on each other for so long that they kind of drive each other crazy. And at a certain point, someone decides, OK, I need to branch out a little bit. I need to have a life a little bit separate from just what we're doing every day. Okay, quality time is essential for a healthy relationship. We get that. But isn't it also as essential to make sure that you're maintaining a life outside of the one that you're sharing every day with your mate? So we want to talk about that a little bit. How do we actually figure out the ways that we can connect with other people? And should we connect with other people outside of our everyday relationship? So, You know, Weena, why don't you take it away for us? Tell us how you even came up with this topic. What are you seeing in session that made Mm. you even think about, you know, why this may be important?
1: Well, you know, that setup was very interesting because you mentioned maybe the monotony of relationships or um, potentially spending so much face time with your partner may cause some mates to want to have a life separate. And I just want to throw in there that uh, some partners come into relationships wanting to maintain very separate boundaries. They've got their couple time and then they've got their time with friends. They've got activities, they've got hobbies. They've got all kinds of lifestyle choices that they were making prior to the committed relationship. And they want to keep flowing in that direction. Mm -hmm. So I'm just opening it up to talking about what happens when those lifestyle choices and the way you want to move outside of your relationship collides with your partner. Is that okay?
0: Oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. So
1: to answer your question, that's exactly what I see on my couch every single week. You got partners who are coming in, they love each other, they're trying to make a very deep, monogamous, committed relationship work, and one partner wants to do something go someplace, be with somebody that the other partner raises a red flag on.
0: Right. Right.
1: So for example, and I'm going to throw it out here early, the infamous friends trip, ah, the girls trip,
0: the guys trip. We just, we just jumping right into it. I'm going okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You asked me what I'm seeing in the office. Right? right. And I know that all three of us are seeing this in the office. The birthday turn up is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. And somebody throws out there, depending on your age and and your socioeconomic status, that you want to go on a trip. And I've got three hot button locales that we have got to unpack today.
0: I know where you're going.
1: Okay. Then let me put number one out there
0: the DR, Dominican Republic. Right. Yep. Uh,
1: I want to talk about Brazil. Brazil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I also want to talk about. Columbia, okay. Cartagena is okay. starting to pop off okay. for these trips. And I'm introducing this idea of sex tourism very early because these are three common locales where you may be propositioned Mm -hmm. by sex workers to have a good time, whether Mm -hmm. it's lap dance, whether it's actually having intercourse for pay, but there is some element of being escorted and having a good time that happens in these locales. And when somebody says they want to go someplace with their friends to hang out without their partner, and these are the places that pop up, all of a sudden couples are in my office going, Weena, help us Mm. we're having an issue right right donna i see you shaking your head feverishly what's up over there lady i'm just like well if you don't trust
2: your partner why are you with them Mm
3: -hmm. Mm.
2: first thing that comes to mind for me i'm like the bed haven for sex trafficking Mm -hmm. is right here in the dmv
3: wow Yeah. we've
2: got 95 we've got three international airports we are we are the hub for sex for sex trafficking and for sex work as well as what can happen in brazil or Dominican republic or cartagena right right? so it's the same thing it's right but it's at home
3: right where you can be seen like
2: what if you don't trust your partner why do you let them go outside
1: oh but but you know you just brought up a good point though right do you think therapists that People behave differently when they go Out of town, like they give themselves permission or a pass to behave differently. Versus, right when they're here in the DMV, everybody's got a security clearance here, working for the federal government. There are just some things that you may not do here in the DMV that you might do in Cartagena.
0: Right, because even as as big as this area may seem, it's still small. You never know who you're gonna run into. You, know, you can be walking into a hotel in downtown D.C., living in Baltimore, and you'll run into somebody you know. So it's a, little, it's a little bit yeah. different. When you go out of the country, oh, you can act a fool. Not to say you can't run into people there, too. But people True. will change their behavior and their tactics when they're out of the country.
1: Right. But so, yeah, let's talk about trust, though, because yeah. Dr. Donna brought that up. If you don't trust your partner, then why are you with them mm-hmm. are there levels and degrees of trust when it comes to this right
0: right well i think too you know when you talk about trust there may be a level of trust that you have when the person's around you or you know you know you can keep an eye on them and you can basically That's keep an eye on the schedule second so it's limited that is not trust well trust i don't think trust is so black that, and white there's a there's the a most
2: limited type of trust Ever. but
0: that's i'm like so if
2: i'm looking at you if you're in my face 24 7 that's the only time i trust
0: you well i'm saying not even just 24 that's not trust <laughs>
2: that's monitoring
0: yeah yeah but trust is on a spectrum like anything else and so yeah as long as i know you're within a 50 mile radius of me i can trust you because there's a certain kind of schedule that i know you're going to keep but once you get beyond that 50 miles that level of trust decreases the further and further out you go so I don't think it's so black and white either you trust me or you don't. The trust is going to range based off of your range. And so I think for some people, as long as I know that you're, you know, you're keeping a particular schedule and I can you know, verify where you are, then I, I feel like I can trust you. But beyond that, I don't believe that. I don't know. I don't know if I can trust you, whether it's based off of past history, past behavior or even current things that you're doing that made me kind of question, you know, OK, what's going on?
2: So That's like a conversation. That needs right. To be had. Right. If <laughs> so, I'm looking like, if my husband was just like, Donna, I don't trust you when you're outside a 50 mile radius, then that means we don't have trust in our relationship because I'm constantly outside of the 50 mile radius.
3: Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, but so yeah, putting our therapist hats on, we don't necessarily come at this topic in this particular way when we're in the therapy room. We actually start to unpack some of the insecurities and tender spots in the relationship that would even cause couples to have a concern when their partner is outside of a certain mile radius, Mm -hmm. right? Or even one of the,
0: or even even the the hot. The hotbed spots that you mentioned, you know, okay, well, maybe I can trust if you say that you're going to, you know, Florida, but if you say you're going to Columbia, well, that's a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But so when we're looking at what may be happening in the relationship that would cause a partner to be concerned that their mate is going to be tempted to behave differently, one of the things that will probably pop up is what's happening in their sex life at home on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. What do y'all think? Absolutely.
2: Right. And I guess I'm also considering that if this partner is going somewhere, part of where I start is okay. You trust them here, but not there. Like, what's the difference between here and there for you,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? So, like, what's going on for you with the idea of your partner traveling? Because I'm like, is it? I often find that it's not actually about the partner,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that's what I see, right? It's not about the partner; it's about the insecurities that one individual already has about Mm -hmm. needing to be in constant contact uh, in order to feel a sense of security. So, you know, I'm working with clients who are are poly or considering poly. We talk about the the nature that monogamous relationships are supposed to offer you a sense of security, whereas relationships are inherently an insecure structure. Mm and i'm just like well that insecurity belongs to you right it does not belong to your partner so if you have an insecurity where is it stemming from yeah. where's this where is this peace coming from and why have you now laid it at your partner's feet as their responsibility
1: mm. so let's let's throw it all out there because dr donna you're on point insecurity which sometimes feels like such a derogatory term but it's not it's It's just the acknowledgement that there is a tender or unstable part of you that needs something. It needs some attention. It needs to be addressed because something is not fortified in you or in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And this topic brings up several areas where insecurities may be highlighted. We started talking about sex already level of attraction as well. Mm-hmm. Apart from sex and whether or not we're having a fulfilling sex life, are you still attracted to me or would you be tempted by someone who may look different, maybe right. built different? Is that chemistry there? And is it strong enough to hold your attention uh, in, in our relationship versus going out? Also past trauma. Have I been cheated on before? What happens when I take my eyes off of my partner? We probably need to unpack that as well, because that's really going to be one of the primary reasons you come into a relationship with someone who has not cheated on you. And you say to them, you want to go where? Yeah, no. Right. Right. And then emotional maturity both yours, but also your partner's is your partner demonstrating something that tells you that left to their own devices, they may not be able to make a mature decision in a moment where temptation is near. And then lastly, outside influences, i.e. your friend group. Yeah. Uh, when you get with so-and-so and Craig and them, I can't trust you because I know that they are not necessarily upholding the same relationship standards that we uphold. Right. So let's dive in. Who wants to pluck one out?
0: Well, I want to address that last one, because that one comes up a lot in session, a whole lot. Mm. You know, there are certain people that you find yourself around that I don't trust. I don't trust them. That's saying I don't trust you again. Kind of going to what Donna was saying. Dr. Donna was saying that, you know, well, if you don't trust me, you really don't trust me. Because you're not trusting my decision making around certain people. But yeah, there's people that you don't trust because one, as a person who's going out and hanging out with these people, you may be giving your your mate a lot of information and a lot of fuel to come back at what you with when you say that you want to hang out with them. You know, so you also want to be careful about how much you're sharing with your mate in terms of other people's business. So if you're going to your your mate mm-hmm. and saying, you know, well, you know Craig. You know been cheating on his wife for the past three years. True. And then you're true. saying, "Yo, I'm about to go hang out with Craig." Or me and Craig and the crew we're gonna go down to you know the DR. Well, that's gonna put questions into your mate's head as to, okay, well, you know Craig Craig's behavior is one way. Do you get the same kind of feelings and and um, do you fall into the same kind of behaviors when you're around Craig? So yeah, right. they're gonna they're gonna question you know who you're hanging out with, especially based off of the information that you're giving them.
1: And is that a valid concern that if you roll with people who don't necessarily adhere to the same standards of relationship as you do, should I feel comfortable with you going out of town with them or doing certain things with them?
2: I definitely hear you because, I mean, the the, the adage is birds of a feather,
3: right? right? Yes.
2: So I would be questioning, does this friend respect our relationship, have they demonstrated a respect? for right. our relationship? Right. Or are they the type of friend that pressures you to do the thing that they are doing it simply because they are doing it? Right. So are they gonna be encouraging you to, you know, throw it all away, you know, and try all kinds of stuff when, you, when you're when you out of someone's presence to that would disrespect the relationship. Mm-hmm. But again, I also believe that if you believe this of them 500 miles away, you should be believing of them Within 50 miles. And they within do. Within five miles. They because do. whenever that person is around, th- then you can arguably say that they're open to this idea of behaving in ways that demonstrate res- disrespect to your relationship. And if they're going to disrespect you at home, I think it's easier, I guess, in some ways to disrespect you when you're not here to see it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. But, but if that comes a block. Craig is the ultimate cheater, then. <laughs> Like, like why, why is your best friend a cheater? And why is it that you want to go away with this cheater?
0: Right, because it comes down to character at that point. You're, you're questioning Craig's character. And, you know, if you're hanging out with somebody who has that kind of character, then what is it about them that you find appealing, that you want to be around somebody with that kind of character? You know, that's what people's thinking is. But I think that a lot of folks have that feeling whether their mate is going out of town or even if they're here. Because you hear it a lot about, you know, well, um, you know, I'm going to go hang out with Craig and it's just around the corner. And well, I don't don't like Craig. I don't trust Craig. You know, I don't think you should be hanging out with Craig. You hear that a lot.
1: Correct. And that's that's so on par with what we're talking about today and how you introduce this. You know, um, when you want to have a separate life and a separate space, even when you're just wanting to go to the gym every week, or you may want to go to the club or a lounge or a cigar bar Mm -hmm. with one of your friends. What happens when your partner doesn't like the people that you want to spend time with outside of your romantic relationship?
0: What do you think, (laughs) Donna?
2: (laughs) <laughs> well, I think that when they do not like the person that if you don't like somebody, if you didn't say anything, you can you can keep it to yourself every single time they go out. Mm-hmm. If you haven't talked to your partner about it, I'm like, for me, I'm like, keep that same energy. If you don't want to talk to your partner about it, about the fact that you are uncomfortable about this person and why, then I, I'm like, ain't nobody trying to hear about now I can't go out. Like, no, you need to have had this conversation independently of my trying to go out and hang out with this person. Tell me what your grievance is with this person, and I can tell you why. It gives me an opportunity to tell you why I still hang with this person, Mm -hmm. right? Because oftentimes we are still operating in the tradition of, well, I've known this person all my life, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily in the space of, this person doesn't fit who I am now. Like, that person may not fit who they are right now. It might just simply be that, I carry on the tradition of them because it's been 30 years of my life that I don't want I want to remain connected to this person. So I hang out with them once a month. So that I maintain some sort of contact, some sort of camaraderie. But yes, I recognize that our lives have diverged in many ways, but I allow him to live his life and he allows me to live my life. Mm -hmm. So I think So could also be a little bit of that, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I think that we're proving two things. One is that this is so great. It's not a black and white issue at all right. when it comes to figuring out how to have separate spaces outside of your romantic relationship and intimacy between you and your romantic partner is absolutely critical. Having these ongoing discussions about your thought process, who are you letting in your into your space Who are you rolling with? Talking to your partner about their comfort level, your partner talking to you about your thought process so that there is some tolerance Mm -hmm. or acceptance around you wanting to have this this separate space. That's gonna be a key element to this ever working,
0: it sounds like. But you know what, I I
1: Absolutely, something that you were saying really just sort of stands
2: out to me, right? in this book, Polysecure by Jessica Fern, there's a portion where she talks about the difference between being a safe haven and a mm. secure base.
3: Mm. Mm. Okay.
2: And it sounds like a lot of our relationships, and I think what we've been taught about relationships is about how to be a safe haven, mm-hmm. right? To be the type of partner that your partner can turn toward, to to divulge to to um, respond when you're in distress or when you have need, to co-regulate, to soothe, to be emotional, physical support, comfort, to be all this for each other, right. but not well-versed in what it means to be a secure base, which almost feels, and you know, like just just roll with me for a second. I'm it almost feels like the relationship that you would have with your parents. Mm-hmm. Your parents is not meant to be a safe haven your entire life. At some point they turn into a secure base because you leave, Mm -hmm. Okay, you go out, you grow, you live your life, you you go out into the larger world and you're taking risks knowing that you have a secure base. Someone that is gonna support you, someone that is rooting you on, someone that is encouraging you to go, have fun, learn things, do stuff, right? And there's still support, there's still listening, there's still conversation. There's still all this stuff, but ultimately, it, it trying to. you know, they're not trying to keep you. And the same thing goes for relationships, romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are in need of both, but we are only providing one and we are requiring partners to only live in a safe haven, but never wanting to provide a secure base.
0: Right. You know, that kind of makes me think about, you know, we kind of jumped right into the deep end at the beginning of the conversation. I want to pull it back a little bit because one thing that that brings up to me is your belief system around what it means to have a um, relationship where you have that safe haven versus um, secure base. Do you even believe that once you get with someone, whether you're just in a relationship or you're married, that they need to um, merge their lives with you? that them having outside life is no longer yeah. acceptable. You hanging out with your friends, is it's a difference between still behaving like you're single versus just maintaining friendships outside your relationship. Do you even believe that um it's okay to have friendships beyond your current, you know, relationship, or is that problematic? You know, this is talk about the beliefs that people have and what they walk into the relationship with.
2: Mm. And this is where I tell people that partnership is not ownership, Mm -hmm. but we have been taught to equate one with the other. Right. That if you are partnered with someone, if you are married to someone, that somehow they become yours and they're not allowed to live a life outside of you because you are you're wanting to be their number one. And this is also why I appreciate (laughs) Yeah, one and only. Right. Because we, we've been taught that romantic relationships that that other person is supposed to be your everything. Right. They're supposed to be your end all, be all. And because we are taught in that fashion, we're not considering that one person, number one, cannot be your end all, be all. Not at it all. It is an impossibility for, sure. for one person to provide everything that you need. I'm like, to me, it's the equivalent of saying that you have have a one-stop shop i'm like that's cute when you go to the mall you know what you still have to do exit to go to the grocery store mm-hmm. right you go you go to costco or your big box uh let me buy them yeah more. you go to your, your your um your giant or your wegman's your trader joe's and you might find yourself in a target right these are three separate entities all of them carry groceries they carry it in different ways. You do not say that you need one more than the other. You right. note that you need one more at certain times. Yeah, right. So, like, I mean, I I, I know I've done i done gone from Costco over here to over there. Oh, I've yeah. done that all yeah. in one day. Oh yeah. And I don't I don't measure one's worth and say that well this one I need more than I need the other ones and that the other ones get to fall to the wayside. But this is how we treat relationships that there's only one place you should ever go and it's to your partner and we leave all of our friendship we leave our families off by the wayside and quite frankly and no one you know like no Tino, Shea, shade no lemonade that don't sound mad freaking abusive to me
3: mm-hmm.
2: mm. yeah it sounds abusive like why are you working so hard to isolate your partner from friends and family and that's it why the do isolation. they need to rely solely on you
0: right Because what we're talking about are different areas of intimacy that need to be fulfilled. You know, the physical, the emotional, the intellectual, those, even the spiritual. Those, you go to different people for different things, to different degrees of things. Not saying that you can't find all those areas of intimacy with your mate, but to different degrees. You may say, okay, well, there are certain things I can discuss with my mate that is fine. You know, but on an intellectual level, there may be other people that you pull from in order to feel more fulfilled with that level of intimacy. And that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going out there for another relationship or that you're trying to, um, you know, in terms of, you know, monogamous heterosexual relationships that you just want to um, share or have an emotional affair with somebody. No, you're just connecting with people outside of that one relationship. But some people aren't comfortable even with that. Like you said, Dr. Donna, there are people who believe that they should be your one-stop shop, that if you're going outside for any other kinds of, of intimacy, then you're basically cheating.
1: I I agree that that exists, but I wanna throw out here that what I see in my office is a real deficiency on some partner's parts to actually cultivate healthy side relationships. Mm, how so? So you got a camp of people who actually do defer to their partner and when that relationship forms they do kind of leave their friends by the wayside or they didn't have a whole lot of substantial friendships to begin with and i mean let's let's break it down by gender let's talk about men and the drake rule no new friends i think that bites men in the butt sometimes Mm. in romantic relationships and it's not necessarily that they're they're trying to make their partners the end-all be-all but by default of not having any substantial relationships that they turn to for valuable feedback for other emotional needs for deep mental stimulation and conversation, their partner becomes the one-stop shop.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I only come to my partner for the intimacy, the softness, the tenderness. And then when we get into conflict with each other, I don't have another well of information that I can pull from right. because that is the person that I typically share all of my emotional, mental, spiritual intimacy with. I only talk to my my surface level friends about surface level things, barbershop talk, sports talk. I'm not really getting into the weeds with them about anything. And so now I can't get a new perspective outside of my romantic relationship. And, And I don't wanna say that that's purposeful, right? That is by design that they end up on this emotional island, but I see it all the time on the couch. Mm -hmm. And then we have to deal with how to even coax these partners out of their relationship to build other healthy relationships.
0: Yeah. 100%.
2: That's supremacy culture right there. Hmm. Patriarchy does not serve anybody well, Mm -hmm. men included. This is where we get the idea of toxic masculinity from that you have to be so tough, so secure in yourself that you can't even lean on a friend. Right. That the only person that you have to lean on is a romantic partner. It right. leaves it leaves options limited to being able to, to talk about things. And given that the suicide rate among black men has been raising exponentially, this is not, it's clearly not working, which means we clearly need something else.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, I'm I'm interested to hear, you know, when for you the women, you know, their side of it, you know, you kind of broke down what men are going through. What about, about, what about your women, your female clients?
1: And do you mean the female clients and heterosexual relationships with men who don't have these relationships or just in general?
0: More so just their perspective, you know, how they come at things and their, their, um, need to connect or not connect or not knowing how to connect not not having the the proper um i guess base or understanding of how to have healthy relationships outside of their monogamous relationship
1: for themselves right yeah so it's interesting i have some people that i'm i'm treating right now where it is the opposite where and because we're transplants A lot of us here are not natives to the DMV. You see often that we left our key friendships behind in undergrad or in our hometown. And if you get caught up in professional life or you... End up getting into a marriage or you have children sometimes, then you don't necessarily have the time to cultivate those relationships that we're talking about. And then they also fall into the trap of making their partner the primary. And I do have some male partners in heterosexual relationships that are saying, she has got to get a life, Wina. She has got to get some friends because every time I want to go out with my boy, it's a problem right? and it's not sexy. Yeah. Let's add that right there. Right. It's not sexy to not have anything outside of what's happening between us to talk about. Esther Perel, extremely famous couples therapist, um, couples and family therapist, talks a lot about eroticism and how it is so important for individuals in committed relationships to maintain some level of mystery. Mm -hmm. Learn how to play the guitar. Go to a line dancing class. Do paint and sip with your friends sometimes. Find other dimensions to you that you can then come back and share with your partner because this is a marathon, not a sprint. And ultimately, when you don't have those other relationships and just other interests, healthy interests, then life gets pretty mundane and monotonous yeah. in the relationship. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I hear that all so the time too. people start seeking change.
1: Right.
0: You Start seeking yeah.
2: change when it gets that boring. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is part of the reason why I constantly am telling my clients, I'm like, separation can also build in intimacy. Yes. 100%. Because you have something to be curious about. You have something to learn about or of, like, what your partner is doing. I mean, even the simple act that y'all go to separate places of employment can bring something more interesting than whatever is regular to talk about. About but even that is going to be limited, right? Because at work you probably are doing something similar all the time. I mean, not me. <laughs> <laughs> like, is similar, but some of the stuff right. that people say be wow, right, right, right. So I mean, there's there's some variety in that in that space. But I'm also thinking about the intimate relationship that we have with ourselves,
3: mm. and
2: we get bored, right, with ourselves. Mm. We are unfulfilled mm-hmm. within ourselves. And when we have a poor relationship with ourselves, there's no way that that's not going to pour out into the relationship that we have with other people. Now, I'm not saying that means that it's going to make your relationship dissolve, but certainly it's not going to help your romantic relationship stuff if you don't have a good relationship with yourself. Right. If you're not, if you're feeling unfulfilled in a life that you are building around yourself, because I'm looking like, baby, if you're unfulfilled, if you lack pleasure, that's you.
3: Right. Yeah. You did it. Right.
2: So what do you want to do differently? Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes yeah. what we want to do differently is we want to hang out with those friends. We want to go on that girl's trip. We want to, we want to vacate the life that we have currently as a way to try and hold on to this other sense of identity that we feel like maybe we've lost with the sense of passion, the sense of purpose, um, this sense of excitement and adventure. And it clashes mm-hmm. against what a partner wants you to do because they don't want you to do it whether or not it's because they don't have friends or because they say they don't trust you.
1: I, I love this conversation. I absolutely love this conversation. Uh, Tyreek, you look like you want to say something important.
0: I, I was, I was going to say that, you know, what you're really talking about is connection, connecting with other people and connecting with the community, not relying just on one person to fulfill all those connections. You know, you need to be... Let me not say what you need to be. Let me ask the question because I think we're kind of dancing around it why is it important that you maintain other relationships outside your romantic relationship
1: i think we've actually been been hitting it it's it is because you may become so one-dimensional and and by nature of becoming one-dimensional the relationship also loses a great deal of steam to actually make it over the long haul when you don't diversify, right. when you don't have other relationships, but also, as you all said, it's the 80-20 rule here. At any given point, even the ideal partner can only give you 80% of what you need. Right. You have to get the other 20% and sometimes more outside of that relationship and failing to realize that your partner can't be your end-all be-all will lead you to a place of great disappointment. If you have that unrealistic expectation, I got to throw in here though, because this is what I know um, my clients fight about and what they want to hear more about. That it's just not that simple. Of course, we want to take that friends trip, the girls trip, the guys trip, but sometimes the reasons why we want to do it are also the reasons that keep us from doing it. So mm-hmm. the gray space here is let's say you have a, a couple that has a child or children and I, I have um, children and and so you you are bogged down with work, you are wearing many hats, you are somebody's life partner and you're somebody's parents. The schedule is so tight and you're literally trying to juggle all the things between each other that neither one of you has real me time. Sometimes your partner doesn't want you to take that trip because the resentment that you get to go somewhere and be a different person and they have to be home holding down the fort. Is the thing that stops them. It's not necessarily that they don't trust you when you're going. It's that they're so angry that that life is moving so fast and we've got so many obligations and commitments that we can't take off of our plate that it's hard for me to even be happy for you when you want to or get to go for five days and five nights right. to someplace fantastic. Right.
0: So that's really and it's fairness. just
1: not, yeah. And it's just not possible for both of us to do it at the same time or to even switch off. I have seen couples so either financially strapped and making great money, but we got kids in private school, all the things, or so time committed because they're saving the world together. Mm-hmm. That they just can't figure out how to bring balance to their life. And that causes a problem with having a separate life.
0: Yeah. I mean, what I hear you talking about there is fairness. For some people, it just doesn't yeah. seem fair. As a person being left behind, it's not fair to me that you go get to have, you know, your one-on-one time with your friends or even yeah. travel with your friends. I'm stuck here. And, yeah, I'm going to be resentful because it doesn't feel fair that you get to do yeah. that. You know? And even, part of that may be because yeah. you're not actually developing, like you said earlier, you're not developing your own friendships. You're not making your own plans. So now you expect your mate to live just like you're doing.
1: Misery loves company. Right. Can't even figure out how to get to a brunch once a month. Right. Or go out and have, have a day where you play pool or mini golf right? because you get stuck in this this space of... Oh, I have to be on duty while you're gone. Yeah, no, yeah, not doing that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, this is where I
2: usually tell people that you know their poor boundaries inspire poor boundaries inspire us to believe that other people should also have poor boundaries as well.
3: Right. Mm -hmm.
2: So because you have not carved out space and time to see your friends,
3: you believe Mm -hmm. that your
2: partner should not carve out space and time to see their friends. Right. And I would also say that that resentment feels so freaking petty. Like I think it you. is. one hundred percent, it, it is. Right. Because I'm just like that. Is, I'm like, so because you are unhappy, your partner should also be unhappy,
3: right? Or I mean, and I'm just
2: ones. like, so because y'all could switch off, but you won't switch off, mm-hmm. right? It could be that all right, we have sat down, and I mean, this is December now, so and now is the time to start thinking about your 2023.
3: Right. But
2: you could say that you know what, in quarter one, I'm going on a trip you go in quarter 2 i'll go in quarter 3 you go in quarter 4 boom now yes. you now you have found a way to switch off and i would also add in that part of the reason why i feel so extra hard is because you have cut off your community right you've cut off your friends right. you've cut off your family so nobody is there to watch the kids but you mm-hmm. you 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 <laughs> made yourself into a silo and instead of reaching out and trying to be expensive, you maintain the silo and then blame each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm like, either way, nobody is happy. And if you're not happy and they are not happy, I don't, I'm looking like number one, you're also serving as a poor example to your children. Oh, that's for sure. And I'm like, that's not an example that I would wanna see because my friends, single parents, people who are married, what I see is my friends, they go on vacations. What I see is that their partners go on vacation. They don't go together. They go separately and they go together. Mm -hmm. Ooh, you are. And and I'm just like, if you want the life you say you want, you're going to have to work for it. But most of us are very committed to our excuses. We're also very committed to the tradition of the tradition of what our relationship is supposed to look like to someone else. So we will never build a relationship that we want for ourselves because we are so busy trying to live this in the tradition of the relationship that our parents grandparents -grandparents, great-grandparents etc etc maintain i'm looking like meanwhile you unhappy which means that as far as i'm concerned you seem insane
0: but let's not ignore those people who are actually comfortable those people who actually have gone through you know these friendships these very shallow minor friendships just to have somebody in their life until they get married, until they get with somebody, and now they're happy to abandon everything else to just have that home life. I'm happy to just have our kids and be home with you and no one else. There are people who genuinely are very comfortable being in those silos, Facts. you know, and they want. Yeah, but want you have to recognize
2: mates. that your partner is not you, but which means that you may be happy siloed off and only being you and the kids and your household. But that does not mean that your partner is going to be satisfied. With with the same and do you love your partner or who you think your partner should be or was your partner simply a placeholder for the life that you wanted to live that does not require you to reach beyond
0: and that's the point that i think that's the main point of this conversation recognize even if you are one of those people who would like to be just home don't want to go out don't want to connect with other people just want your family around that you can have that same expectation for your mate you have to give your mate yeah. that room to fly, to go out and enjoy whatever they, whatever way they want to, you know. But I think it comes back to something else that you said, Doctor Donna. It's about boundaries too, you know. And this kind of gets yeah. back into the tr- trust thing. Can I trust that you're going to still represent our family and and um and respect our relationship when you're out with your friends? Because that also comes up a lot too. That whole bound. Do you know how to maintain boundaries? with friends so in a heterosexual relationship can i trust that when you go out that you're not going to be in the face of other women or can i trust that you're going to hang out with your female friends and not cross certain boundaries i think that also comes into the conversation around how much do how much can i trust what you're doing out there
3: See, this
2: is where i say i really do not like white supremacy, patriarchy and what it gave us because Mm. this is sad because Everybody views women as these tempters, these these people who are temptresses, and men as people who have no self control. We forget that people are human first, and instead start seeing them for the sum of their parts and what they can do with those parts. We don't we don't begrudge a five year old having being friends with boys and girls, right? But the second that they become a double-digit age, now we have sexualized the relationship, and that's all we can see. It robs everybody of being able to have full, fulfilling, deep connection with other human beings beyond what we think they're going to do with their genitals.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And it is is—it is a sadness. Right. It is a, it's such a deep, profound sadness. Because when I consider the relationships that I have, and, you know, like, I feel like, um I can't remember what song it was, but I'm just like, you know, it's Mary. I'm like, I want to thank your mom to my partner. I'm like, I like, I just want to thank your mom because she brought you into this life and made you my type. Mm-hmm. And we fit so well in that way. Because I'm just like, I have guy friends and I have girlfriends. And it's I'm looking like, oh, well, me and my mom, friend, we said we finna go to Paris. We about to be, we gonna turn up. Uh-oh. Paris, I'm looking like he didn't have a problem right mm-hmm. there's no problem i was like well how many hotel rooms are you gonna get one because we cheat <laughs> one because we cheat mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what we gonna have when i go out with my girlfriend it's oh well we, we're going to costa rica what y'all doing there are we gonna act up that's what we're we gonna do <laughs> up, <laughs> right so and it's just number one he has to be secure himself but yeah. he also has to be in secure in our intimacy and our relationship. But that intimacy, I think that people are not willing to do the work. When we when too many people too many people hear intimacy and hear sex, I'm looking like when people are like, yeah, we need to talk about our intimacy, I'd be like, Well, what do you mean? I have sure. to constantly ask what people mean because they are placing sex in in place of intimacy. And I'm like, those yeah. things are not the same. Yep. And I often end up directing people to this use your mouth book by um sexologist Shamira because it talks about seven types of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, let's, let's talk about what intimacy looks like on each of these levels. How do you, and also what it means to be a safe haven for each other with each of these types of intimacies. What does it mean to be a secure base for each other for each type of these intimacies and Honestly, a little bit of challenging people as to why they feel better about themselves and better about their relationships if their partner had no relationship with anyone other than them.
3: Right.
1: These are some- They'll be ready for me. (laughs) No, these are some, some really challenging and thought provoking thoughts that you have shared, Dr. Donna. And I wish we had more time because it's in that gray space that we don't spend enough time. We are so busy rolling through life, checking off all the boxes and hitting these milestones that society has shared that we should be hitting, that we don't take the time to really think about what we like, what we need, who we are, and some of the things that don't work for us that have been kind of put out. There for us to take. So yeah. that was that was
0: on the point. Yeah, we definitely have to continue this conversation Absolutely. again. This is a and great topic. This is definitely a great topic. Um, but we do have to wrap yeah. up. You know, and I at the end of every show, we like to do what we call the noble truths, where we mm-hmm. kind of hit the 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 button on some um some bullet points to summarize some of the main points and highlight some of those main points throughout the conversation. So Dr. Donald, let's start off with you you know what are some some noble truths what are some highlights some bullet points from today's conversation that you would like uh, partners to our partners our uh, listeners to to remember
2: that partnership is not ownership yes which means that they came in as a person that you adored and there was something about them that you liked. try not to cage them in order to keep it when the thing that you
1: like then dies
0: yeah no doubt I'm definitely for that one what about for you Miss Weena?
1: that we need a new blueprint. And therefore the blueprint that you may be working off of in your relationship has to be challenged. Did you and your partner create that blueprint? Is it working for the two of you? Mm -hmm. Or is it something that you have unconsciously adopted that ultimately causes you to have knee jerk reactions about separate lives and about separate interests that doesn't serve you well?
0: And I would say for me that you really have to challenge your beliefs around what it means to be in a intimate relationship, because again, like Doctor mm. Don was saying, you know, there are a number of different levels of intimacy, and if you believe that you know sexual intimacy is the only one, and your mate can't have any kind of other relationships with anybody outside of you, you're limiting both yourself and your mate. You know, so challenge yes. challenge your beliefs around what it means to have an intimate relationship, and you know again trust we started off a whole conversation around trust you also have to have a conversation with your mate around what trust is what boundaries are you know what's fair what's not these are some some particular points that I think play really deeply into how we um, you know address that that desire to go out and be around other people and have other let, kinds of relationships
1: let me quickly add in there though that as you're having those conversations about trust you can't have that conversation without discussing trauma. Oh, you cannot discuss trust without discussing your previous level of trauma. And if you're not disclosing that to your partner, then you can never understand your triggers. Yeah. Trauma, trust, triggers. Those are the three T's. That's
0: right. Understand those roots. All right, Dr. Donna, where can our listeners find out more about you?
2: They can find out more about me on DonnaOriowo.com.
1: O-R-I-O-W-O.
0: All right. Ms. Wiener, what about you?
1: same you can always find me at weenacullins.com w-e-e-n-a-c-u-l-l-i-n-s
0: all right and you can find out more about me right here at kings of the heart.com as well as dr john who once again we miss you today bruh can't wait to have you back (laughs) you know we're kings of the heart so you can find us there you can also find out about me and my private practice at InsightMFT.com. Well, just want to thank everyone for coming out. Thank you guys so much for being our Cypher of Three today. Really love this conversation. Can't wait to do it with you guys again. And listeners, we will see you soon. You guys have a great, great week.
2: See ya. Bye. (laughs)
0: We're clear for takeoff.